0: Yahweh, the opportunity to share your truth, knowledge, and wisdom you bring to me again. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Thank you for this blessing. For through this, you just pour out onto me, Father God. Thank you. For any out there that are hearing these words, listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to the truth, the knowledge, and the wisdom, and go to the Bible and seek his face. Seek the truth of the Lord. That's all you're going to get here. Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Barakitos Aman. Pardon me. You've heard me share it many times, and I'll share it as long as he's got me doing this. And he allows me to be in this podcasting thing. I've shared with you how it started. I've shared with you how he guides me in my steps and the words. And the only thing that you are ever going to get from here, from me, from him is the truth. And that's a very important thing today because when you look out from the window of wherever you are, and that's a, figuratively speaking, but you know, you've got your walk and your life, and you have these little windows of the rest of the world. That you get from the media and the news and the politics and all this other garbage that goes on, which is exactly what it is. It's just garbage. Whenever you read the news, you've got them favoring one side or the other. You have them and every. And I'm Our nation is here today. They had turned away from God and had involved in idolatry and false teachings and doctrines. And the Spirit brought me over here. I'm not sure what I was doing. I was looking at old post. And I couldn't remember doing this, but then he brought me right here to this. I see that it's very applicable to us today. Hosea 12 and 13. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because thou didst. And in the multitude of God, mighty men that doesn't sound exactly like what's going on now and and I just it completely baffles me as to why people would even say something like this when the truth is known it or should be known and was taught so I learned this when I was when we start doing social social studies in fourth grade for crying out loud (laughs) fourth grade i learned this stuff and you have people yet today that just give it away and forsake it and their answer and response is to individuals that are put places where they shouldn't even be well you know what are we supposed to do now they're they're elected and they're in charge. They they know better. They know that's what they went to school for. Well, no, they didn't actually, and no, they don't. You just believe their falsehoods and their lies. So the thing of it is, that, and I'm I'm just saying this because it's truth. And what Mammon man has done and they've often done with God, is give up. They just give up, and actually the Bible says that there will be a great falling away. And what that means is that you're going to have those who have claimed to be Christian. Those are the false speakers and the self-proclaimed and the label heads, as I call them, And the great apostasy will take place. It will take place because we are told it will in the Bible. There are going to be many that are going to throw up their hands and say, "Uh, I just don't believe it anymore. And they're going to get so caught up in all this lies and deceit and all these things that are going on around us in the world. And they're going to give more credit to these egregious individuals that are supposed to be taking care of us and yet don't. And this is not just in this nation. This is in the nations of the world. You have elected officials in some places that don't, that they actually really, really care about their country and they care about their people and they take really good care of them. But you have many that have fallen into that niche, and that niche is self-worth, self-proclamation. I am somebody. No, well, you're just somebody like anybody else, but now you're in a position to where you think you're in charge of everybody, and unfortunately, you're not. And sadly, that entity that is supposed to be helping and guiding is not even doing that. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the church, the body of the church, many, and and I'm not talking about the building. Many of those are boarded up and closed up and it breaks my heart to see this because they followed the the lies and the deceit that was initially proclamated and everybody followed along with it. And they're still closed. They haven't come back to gathering and there are still people that I see that are missing from the church that I physically go to, the building that I attend and go, and they're still gone. They're still gone. And they just don't go to church anymore. They watch the videos and stuff. They don't get out in the world because they have become so caught up in the fear. They have become fearful. And I still pray for them every single day. But this thing that I have was given, and this word that I was given, and the Spirit brought me to the book of Hosea, And as so many of these um, individuals claim to be these the theologians and commentators, but this is a very important word and it, and it speaks absolute truth. Again, I'm going to read it. Hosea 12, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he come and rain righteousness upon you. Ye have plowed wickedness, ye have reaped iniquity, ye have eaten the fruit of lies because thou didst trust in thy way in the multitude of thy mighty men. What is Jose saying? The nation has put their faith and trust in the men and women that are elected officials. Now, in this day, in their, their culture, it was the men that were the the leaders. You had queens. They married the kings. And sometimes you had... Some of them were pretty despicable, and they were actually running the show. Jezebel, one. <laughs> and Herod's sister-in-law, wife. They, I mean, that was... that was a pretty vile situation there and that's why John got thrown in prison because he spoke out against them and then of course the story being that because Herod was enamored with his goodness gracious I don't even know what relation they were but his stepdaughter his brother's child whatever the guy was the sick individual and you have that stuff going on now And she persuaded him through her mother coaching her and telling her what to say. So she told Herod that she wanted John the baptizer's head, which he did, he had him beheaded. And this is what they are, they individuals today, the nation, this is sad. We need to turn back what Hosea is telling us. What Hosea is saying here is that we need to turn back to that thing that we had at one time. This, This country, many countries, but this country, and I speak it now because this is where I live. This is the country I served when I was in the military. I am a citizen, I am a veteran, I'm a patriot, however you want to say it, but I am those things. And it saddens me greatly to see what this country has become and is turning to. And it's got nothing to do with bigotry, or racism, or anything at all like that. It's got to do with telling the truth, period. The truth, period. This nation has become so iniquitous that they prefer to be told lies. And they choose to deceive because that gets them ahead and them speaking of whoever practices these things. And there are many. Getting ahead by cheating, lying, and stealing. But what's really sad is you have older children that are teaching this and you have adults that are teaching this thing to the youngsters, to teaching that to the children. And until you open your eyes and you start, just like he says, sow yourselves in righteousness. Those are the rights you to stand up, be bold, be courageous and do the right thing. Righteousness is standing in the word of God, be bold and courageous and then stand up and tell the truth period, the truth, period, be honest, period, and mercy. Neighbor needs help, show them compassion. They did something by going across a corner of your lawn, they didn't mean to do it, show mercy. You don't have to go at them warring with your neighbor and never talking to them anymore because they ran across your freshly seeded grass that you were trying to get in and they inadvertently ran across a corner of it when they were pulling into their drive. Brothers and sisters, we find so many things to go to battle for. Worthless things, things that don't matter. We are in a spiritual warfare. The battle tells us And the Bible tells us that the battle is spiritual and not on this plane of existence, except that so many individuals get caught up in the lies and the deceits and the uh, things that are going on around in the world that they become physically aggressive with neighbors and people that they work with and uh, you know, people, uh, goodness gracious, every time you turn around, I don't even pay attention to news anymore. Quite honestly, in this little electronic device, I I have a game that I became addicted to. And, uh, you know, but I set it down, but I don't even pay attention to it. Everything that you see and read anymore is either political or just outright lies and negativity and destruction and darkness. I am tired of it. I am tired of it. I want to preach the truth. I want to share the truth. And I want to share with everyone that there is hope. This nation is given up on a lot of things. They have turned their back on God. And that is the main, that is the problem. Period. That not the main problem. That is the problem that this nation has. We used to be one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. There were some issues. Was it perfect? No. But we sure worked at trying to take care of business and trying to be the right way and do the right thing. Worked hard at it. Used to. Now it's all about who can pay me the more money. You have these politicians who are supposed to be working. And, and here's the thing that so many people have forgotten. Of the people, by the people and for the people, meaning that these politicians came from the citizens. They were elected into their position by the citizens. They're supposed to be working for the citizens, which means that in reality, there are employees. That even those egregious individuals that are up there talking all the nonsense and fussing and lying and cheating and stealing from everyone, we can call them out. But so many people give up, shrug their shoulders. Oh, what are we supposed to do? They're in charge now. Doesn't work that way, and that's unfortunate. Like I said, I started learning about this stuff when I was in fourth grade. But what's even sadder is that you have those that claim to be Christians and claim to be followers of Jesus, having faith in God and the Holy Spirit, that they've done the same thing. They shrug their shoulders and put their hands up and say, what are we supposed to do? Well, be bold, be courageous, be upright in truth and righteousness do the right thing, show kindness, compassion, and show that light that God put in you that we're supposed to have in us. And if you are a not a label head, you're a true follower, you are a true Christian, a true believer, not just calling yourself that because it's a convenient thing to do or because you think that's a fashionable thing to do, And then you go to the church and you hang out by the coffee bar out in front all the time and you don't go in and you don't worship, you don't sing, you don't praise the Lord God Almighty, Abba Yahweh, your Heavenly Father, maker of all things made. You spend time out there hanging out and drinking coffee. Then when your friends come out, then you stand up and you walk around with one cup of coffee in your hand, a hand in your pocket and just chitty chat. Why are you even there? Sound kind of harsh? Yeah, well, here's the truth. It is. Why are you even there? You're not being truthful, you're not being honest, you're not being righteous, you just go and you hang out. It's become a convenient place to be. Yes, that is sadly the case be bold, courageous, upright in his truth, always truth, and don't fall into this snare, this trap, this hole that that it seems that everyone is getting into, lying, cheating, stealing, and getting what they can get from everyone else, and not doing the right thing. And This nation has turned its back on God. But the The really good thing of it is is that God has promised us that if we turn ourselves back, if we repent, and remember the word repent just means change direction, just means turn around, just turn around. The direction that we're going and we cry out in a loud voice and the churches get their backbone back. And they stand up collectively and they pray the strength and repentance, which is what that's about. I mean, brothers and sisters, I can remember as a youngster and growing up that before Congress started and they had these, um, oh, I even forgot what the term was. I've been around a while and get old, I forget stuff. State of the Union addresses, which don't need much and we don't need some joker standing up in front of us telling how great everything is in this country when everything is not great on standing up there and putting out more lies and deceit. But before Congress used to do that and before they used to get on the airwaves and get in there and all they do now is bicker and fight and it's become, every, everything, every single thing has become a political argument and a fuss and a fight. It's not about the people anymore. It's not about doing the right thing, the righteous thing and selling the truth. It's all about who's gonna be right and who's on whose side. I watched just a couple minutes of one yesterday because I was kind of curious. I didn't even know that that this guy Sadler had gotten kicked out of his uh, chairman's chair. and But it was he was doing the same thing, not being the chairman of this committee, whatever the committee was. He was doing the same thing sitting in a flunky's chair than he did when he was as a chairman and still arguing and trying to talk over everyone and argue back and forth. And they were doing the same thing to him. And then the guy says, well, yeah, I'm in the chair now. And he was trying to be over him, but all they were doing was arguing. They weren't making any good valid points. They were just arguing to see who was better. Brothers and sisters, we, can't, we have to stop this. We have to stop doing this. You can't do this with your neighbor. You can't do it with everybody you see down the street if you don't agree with them and you start fussing and arguing. And and exactly what Hosea is saying, we are got caught up in all of this stuff. We got to sow the seeds of righteousness and be bold and courageous in the truth. We need to show and reap mercy, show people righteousness, show people truth, show people the light that is within us that we are supposed to be shining out. And then when they get curious, then you share with them the truth. Because let me tell you what, when they see that you don't act like everyone else, this is one thing that that uh, I loved that I had going on and that God provided this for me when I was still working and I could do those things. And it's okay that I'm not because he's given me a lot of things to do. And I like that. But when I was sharing there, I would... I think I shared with you before, you know, I would whistle gospel songs that I remembered and things going on. People would come by when they were getting ready to to leave. And Oh, for those of you that didn't know, I was a, a bus operator, mass transit. That's what I did. Did it for a long time, really long time. And the company that I worked for, they... Actually, didn't know how long I'd been doing it. They thought I was just some new guy, but that's okay. So that doesn't matter. And here's the thing, and and I say that to say this: that don't hold on to so much of that. And I say it doesn't matter what they said or what they would think, because I knew in my heart, and I knew what, and I know still what the truth is. So does it matter so much that you have to make your point? Does it matter so much that I had to let them know? No, it didn't, and I didn't, and they still don't know. And I had been doing that work longer than most of the employees, even most of their managerial staff been doing it longer. There's the this guy that they put up there in the Hanso's position, and quite honestly, eight years longer than he's even been familiar with what he's now been placed over. I'd been doing the work and that's okay. It is really okay because that part that I did was more important than anything else. And what that was was I was in a position and God made it possible to share his word while I was out there with everyone I would whistle these songs and people would stop before they were getting ready to get off. Are you a Christian? I said, well, I'm a disciple of Jesus, but if that's a better label for you to put, yes, I am. Why are you so different? Sometimes I would get that question. And in one particular area that I worked, I was told by the others that I would quit. And actually, most of the drivers that told me that, that used to drive that route, that hated that route and hated everything about it and told me that it would make me quit, were the black drivers and the black passengers that would get on and ride with me. And here's the thing, they all think I'm white. I'm not white, I'm Native American um, by birth. And actually, it's so funny because I have more true African blood that runs in me than than many of these youngsters. And I used to have them get, try to get my face and and all this stuff, they they didn't know me. And here's the other thing that people get caught up in, they don't know you, so they think they know you by what they see, so then they put that label on you. I corrected him, he was wrong. I wasn't mad at him, and I wasn't gonna be mad at him, I wasn't gonna fuss at him and argue with him, I just told him. I said, don't, label people by what you see. What you'd have to do is you have to know people. You have to learn about people. I said, first of all, I you know, and then I just simply asked some pointed questions and he couldn't answer them. And I said, well, I can. And I told him, truth. But at any rate, these other drivers, they treated the passengers and the folks out there pretty badly. And I used to have them come up and some of these ones that they had told me when I was on my little training mission out there, that they told me that they're the worst and they pointed these people out. I was like, oh my goodness gracious. So honestly, I anticipated the worst, but it turned into be one of the best and friendliest and oh man, actually it was an awesome route and I loved it. But they told me that I would quit and they would drive me away from the company never happened. I actually re-upped for that same route when it came time to bid again and I stayed out there. And then I would have them, they said, why are you so different? Why do you treat us so different? I said, what do you mean? And then of course they became angry because they were sharing what some of the other drivers would say and they actually belittled them, degraded them and they called them derogatory names. And that they shouldn't be using, not only to anyone at all, but particularly they were alike, at least skin tone, black to black, and they were calling them some nasty, terrible things. They said, how come you're so different? I said, because my God tells me to be. My Bible tells me that I am supposed to treat you this way. And brother, that's what I do because God tells me to. And then the biggest grin would come on their face. I've had them hug me. I've had them shake my hand. And then they, and then everything, everything, everything was different. Brothers and sisters, sometimes it doesn't matter how terrible something is. The Holy Spirit walks with you and you change it don't go by what everyone tells you because I ignored what they were telling me. I'm not not there any longer, not because somebody drove me away or I couldn't do it. Age and medical issues and things that were had become apparent that Some governmental agency decided that it had to be done a certain way, had never been done that way, incidentally, from the beginning that I became a commercial driver. And for the 25 years that I did that from border to border and coast to coast, never came up. That was never an issue. And then all of a sudden what happened was they decided that they had a better control if they did it a different way, so they did. And it really didn't have anything to do with the truth. And unfortunately that's what goes on in the world out here today, brothers and sisters. And I share this with you and and some of these these things I leave a little ambiguous because I'm not gonna get out and uh, I don't want to fall into condemnation and that because here's the thing, I've shared this with you before. That only comes from one place, one place only. And that comes from the enemy, that comes from him directly And it comes from his minions who try to disturb us with the white noise interference. I've shared that with you before. That's all that to draw our focus away from what we should be doing and how we should be talking to one another. It draws us into the snares that we get caught up in and the untruths that we speak to one another. And when we follow that white noise rather than the truth, brothers and sisters always speak the truth. I shared that with you the other day this the The thing that matters most importantly over anything else is that you Believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God. You have faith in God and you follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And you always tell the truth. Always tell the truth. My earthly father was such a fine example of this thing. I don't, I'm running through the best memory tapes that I have and not so great anymore, but what I, I don't, I don't ever remember anything that my father said that was not truthful. Even when he couldn't swim, he would tell me that he had me and I didn't know that he couldn't swim. I have shared this with you before my earthly father. I didn't find out until I had become a Marine and actually to the point that they had made me. Yeah, they made me, I didn't really want to do it. I was working on some other things, wanting to do what I wanted to do, but I did it. And they made me a swim instructor because I was the strongest swimmer and could do that anyway. Was also an instructor before for some other things, but they made me an swim instructor. And you know, it was one of the most enlightening and, and best times that I had had And I remember, (laughs) he was almost, he became very giddy like a small child. He was this very large black man and he was afraid of the water. I mean, he was really afraid. And it was hard teaching him and I told my assistants that I would do this one personally. They were afraid of him and he was, he would, get upset about things. But when I was able to get him to calm down and to relax and just listen to me as I was beside him and and walking with him, and when he finished and swam two lengths of an Olympic-sized swimming pool, and he did it, he did it, he was like a small child, when he threw away his fear, when he threw away being fearful, he was still afraid. I know he was, and he shared he was. But when he stopped being fearful, and he listened to truth, and he listened to what he was able to do, everything changed. I share that story with you, brothers and sisters, because it's exactly what we do today here and now and how we go through things. And I've shared it with you time and time again, and I'm going to share it with you as often as it takes and as often as I need to, which means a lot. When you become fearful, God knows that we are weak. He knows that we have fear. He knows that we're battered and bruised and we have scars and we have issues that we sometimes will hold on to too tightly but none of that matters to him. What matters to God is that he loves us and the character of our heart is what he seeks. Not what you have, not what you don't have, not your skin tone, none of that matters to him. For God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that is a key word that so many seem to forget or ignore, or pretend it's not in there, and try to change it. That whosoever, that means nothing else matters. God gives us all the same opportunity. Through Jesus Christ's only begotten son who came and died for me. When he came, he was thinking about me, thinking about you and anyone else. And the thing that is really vital and important here, while well, we were still at enmity with him, which means that we weren't thinking about God. We were still doing whatever we wanted to do, however we wanted to do it, wherever we wanted to do it, with whomever we wanted to do it. We didn't care anything about God or Jesus or going to church. Or if you did at all, it's only because your spouse begged you to go or the children had a special program, and that's the only reason you did go. But God still loved you. But he knew that there was something in your heart that you were looking at. And remember when you have that conviction of the Holy Spirit? It has nothing to do with condemnation. Not as in the laws of man have to do with. When you get convicted in a court of law, you're condemned to jail. You can't walk the street freely anymore. You go to jail. For however they decide long that they're going to keep you in there. Two months, two years. 20 years, 60 years life. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with condemnation. It has to do with changing your mind, changing your heart and the direction that you're going. That's what conviction of the Holy Spirit is all about. And remember this, this is so very vital and important, that condemnation comes from one place and one place only. It comes from the devil. He seeks to break in, to steal, and destroy. And he'll take whatever you give his minions to carry away. He does, he gives it, and I hear, I've heard... Those individuals that claim to be Christians or believers. Oh, I have no joy today. I don't. I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like going out and doing what God wants me to do today. I don't feel like going out and doing anything. I don't feel like going out and helping with the, the barbecue that we're gonna to give it to people so that we can <clears throat> so that we can share with them, so that we can testify, so that we can do God's business. I don't feel like doing that because the devil has robbed my joys. taken that away from me. I don't feel so joyful that I want to go do that. Oh no, I didn't take it. You surrendered it. You gave it up and you're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do instead of doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. The scripture tells us that when we rebuke the devil or we stand firm against him, let me find this specific scripture. I believe it's in the book of James Let me flip over there. I didn't mark it because I wasn't thinking that I would share that with you. But it comes up because it's very important. I'm pretty certain it's in the book of James. Don't remember exactly which. James, second chapter. I'm sorry. This will take me a moment because, as I said, I didn't have it marked. And I do apologize. But let's go in here and find out. It's not... It's not very long because James is actually very short um, Wow, it's good that I came back here anyway because this is James is writing some really powerful stuff. <clears throat> But he's talking about standing firmly against the devil and speaking the truth and righteousness and that the devil must flee because if you resist him and you resist him and you speak in Jesus name in belief and faith, the devil must flee from you and will flee. and in faith and here you remember you see this then he tried to tempt jesus and of course here's too this isn't um this is not this this just goes to show you the um character how Satan is actually, that when he came to Jesus and, and he didn't trust his minions to do this because he already knew that Jesus, he already knew Jesus' authority. He knew who Jesus is. And so he came because he didn't think his minions could do the job. Well, what happened is he failed miserably and he he did that too. And when he came against Jesus, And Jesus spoke with the authority that he did and that authority that he has and that he demonstrated Satan was too powerful and Satan took off. He tried three times to go against him and he tried... So here's the thing in James four seven, and I'm actually going to uh, go from four, 4, 4, 4 because it's just true. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he that giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. It's that word. I've shared this with you before. Be humble when you come before God. Don't be arrogant. Don't be proud. Don't go in there with your head all up and strutting in there like you're somebody. You're approaching the sovereign Lord God of all. The Ancient of Days, the Maker of all things made. You go humbly. You can be bold and humble at the same time. say, well, how is that possible? Well, it is possible. You don't have to go in groveling. You don't crawl on your belly and slither in and say, oh God, oh God, oh God. You come knowing that what you have in your heart is a character that brought you there anyway. And when you come, just like you, when you come in prayer to God, you come boldly and upright in righteousness. And this is what I pray for you every single day. Brothers and sisters, on my going out, my coming in, I pray for your strength, your boldness, your courage to be upright and in righteousness and truthful because this world needs us. Further, verse 6, James 4 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but give grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. What does he say? James, brother of John, the sons of thunder. (laughs) But he's he's speaking truth. He's speaking truth. Draw close to God. God doesn't hide himself from us. If we seek him, he can be found. What are you seeking? Are you seeking to be offended? Are you seeking to be bothered? Are you seeking to be troubled? Or are you seeking the truth? This is problematic because many people believe what they've been told, believe what they've heard. A cheetah is not a leopard. No matter 5 million people tell you that it is physiologically, biologically, they're not the same. They're two different species. Somewhere down the line, they may be related, but they're not the same. That would be almost the same as telling somebody that cat and dog are exactly the same. They're not the same. Sometimes they're the same, but they're not. Dare I say that those that call themselves a Christians but are not doesn't make them so simply because they say they are, doesn't make them so. What makes a Christian, a Christian, a true Christian, is that they have accepted the only begotten Son of Lord God Almighty, that they have accepted that he came to this plane of existence, that he died for us. He sacrificed his life for ours so that we could be heirs and joint heirs with him in the kingdom of heaven, which God tells us that we are. Brothers and sisters, condemnation, accusations, belittling and degrading comes from only one place, one place only. And if we resist that, he must flee. The Bible tells us he will flee. But here too is very important And I'm going to go back to this to remind you that we have been given this by Jesus, the only begotten son of God, who came to die and sacrifice himself for us. This is powerful and important to remember. That even for you, that, oh, the devil robbed my joy and I don't feel like going to church today and I don't want to go out and do this or that and the other thing that God calls me to do because he stole my joy. No, you gave it away. You surrendered it to him. You didn't hold on to it like you are told to do. So in Luke 10 and 19, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all... All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Which means that Jesus, the only begotten son of God, gave us that authority. We have that authority, but so many people don't hold on to it and they just let it go. See, there's a time to hold your hands closed and tight when you're holding on to the promises of God, when you're holding on to those things that God gives you, when you're holding on to those gifts that he gives to you, you want to hold on to them tightly and don't just open your hands and give them away. Like so many people do, oh, I had my joy was robbed from me. No, you gave it up. You let it go. And you think that the minions of hell are not going to take it from you if you give it and open your hands and you just sort of stand there and flaccidly hold on. And then they come and they just, they they don't even have to wrest it from you. They just put their hand on it and you kind of drop yours and and let it go. You think that they're not going to take off with it and they're going to be laughing and chattering and and skipping down the walkway and be happy with the fact that they got it. course they are because they took it they took it from you they didn't rob it from you they just took it and they got away with it because you let it go (sighs) brothers and sisters be bold be courageous stand upright in his righteousness you have been given the authority by jesus the only begotten son of god Resist the devil. It's a, it's not an easy thing. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, it's not. But it's much better with than without. What do I mean by that? It's much better with the Holy Spirit than it is without it. When you try to do these things all by yourself, you fall into those nets and snares and traps. And sometimes when I walk in and I walk down the dark stairs and I look around and realize where I am and what I've been, I did that. I didn't fall down the stairs. I was walking and I look around and say, this is not where I belong. Father, forgive me. And the Holy spirit grabs me by the hand. And the next thing I know is I'm in a bright lit lit room. And I'm like, thank you, father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes we do that. We walk into something we don't mean to be there, but we do. There's some place we don't want to be, but you're not thinking. But resist. But remember this too, that when you find that you have done something like that, do not self-belittle, do not self-degrade, do not self-condemn. Here's the other thing. You can only <clears throat> this is an old native saying actually from from my heritage and many 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 years ago and a lot of uh, a lot of native cultures actually share this and and their knowledge and where did this come from? Hmm. Well, just like the missionaries tried to get them not to believe in the great spirit because they believed that the native peoples were worshiping a false idol and a false god and they actually destroyed many of the cultures for that purpose, but they were actually talking to God and had been for a long time. Anyway, you can only be and have the feeling of guilt and embarrassment if you allow yourself to be guilty and embarrassed If you're not guilty, then why do you feel guilty? And you can't say that somebody is making you feel guilty. That's not a true statement. What that is, that's a cop-out. It's not truth. And you're surrendering again. If you're not guilty of something, why argue about it? There's no point in argument because if somebody thinks that you did something, are you going to stand there and argue with them? I'll argue, I'll argue with you till the cows come home. I didn't do this and I didn't. Then the more you argue, sorry, but there was an old, uh, I think it was a Shakespearean. I think it was from Shakespeare. I'd think that she protests too much. So the more you argue, the, actually the, guiltier you seem. So if you're speaking the truth, just let it go. Speak the truth and let go. Pray about it. And you can't be embarrassed unless you allow yourself to be embarrassed. So when people try to use that same terminology, oh, you're making me so embarrassed. Are they really Are they driving it down your throat? Are they holding you down and pouring embarrassment all over you? They might say something to try to get you to be embarrassed, but are you allowing it to take place instead of just walking away or turning your back and allowing them to be the foolish ones? And there are individuals that look on that because they prey on the weaknesses of others. And this is exactly what Hosea was talking about. I'm um, gonna go find that guy again, make sure that I'm saying it correctly. I don't want to misspeak a prophet of God, but this is exactly what he's talking about. Because you are sowing those seeds of iniquitous behavior, which means that you just looking for trouble. You're a troublemaker is basically what that means. And uh, well, let me find it specifically. Sorry, I, I lost. I didn't mark it. And mm, I do apologize because I went away from... Oh, here we go. Found it. Sorry about that. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. What is fallow ground? That means unyielding, you don't have crop in there and you got to go through. And you're preparing this because God's going to rain down so that you have a good crop. So you need to do the right thing and you need to sow the seeds of righteousness so that you can do it. And Hosea is reminding us that we have plowed wickedness And so we're gathering in iniquities and lies and bad things that we do to others. And that we are eating that fruit of lies and mistrust. And that you trust it in your own way rather than in God's way. And remember this in Proverbs three, five, and six, very important. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So rather than believing only in yourself, not believing in God, And we try to do things that we think that we know and we have all the answers. Well, you don't. You just have to understand that you don't. And when you try to do it all by yourself, you're going to, you're going to crash. And you get busted up, but you stand up, dutch yourself off and say, Father, forgive me. I tried to go on my own and I failed. Forgive me. And He will. He does. He'll grab you, give you a big old fatherly, godly bear hug and squeeze you until you feel like your bones are going to burst at the seams, at the joints. And he loves you. God loves you. He loves me. Jesus came to die for that. But remember this too in Romans 8, chapter Romans 8th chapter, that's our adoption letter. My adoption letter, your adoption letter, if you choose to take it for that, and that's what it says, for everything that we have because of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So you follow the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will guide, and the truth. Seek the truth, speak the truth, be the truth. That's all there is. That's what God desires from you, and He's called us to do, and we need to be about our Father's business. You're in my prayers, am I going out, am I coming in? Daily.